report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays a Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. This week, we're joined by our friends Riley and Bethany from the Star Wars Report. Well, hello there. Hey, hey. Great to have you guys back. Yeah, we have a while, but guys, we're, yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a guest in a while due to various scheduling things, and, uh, and you know what? We love having you guys on the show, so it's great to talk to you and have you back on. First time, I think, Thanks. for, uh, for uh, Ion Cannon. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Like some, of my earliest, uh, some of my earliest memories podcasting go back to working with you guys, like all the way back to Celebration 5. Oh, that was fun. Wow. The Star those, Wars were, those were the days. And the infamous swallowing the mic incident, or swallowing the speaker. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, well, you know... But we'll move on from that. Well, I, well, wait, wait, wait. There is Celebration Six coming up, so it's true. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to we'll, we'll have to try and figure out how we can fit like eight people in one room and pass a single mic around, so we can do it the traditional way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, how you guys been uh, over at Star Wars Report? Oh man, fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Indeed, yes. Just doing school, doing ROTC, doing Star Wars Report, doing lots of fun things. Doing life together. <laughs> Some of the are we, time. Is this a commercial now? Are we, are we doing ads? Do we get paid for this? Uh, yes. Paid. This, is hey, this hey, episode that works. of the Canon Podcast brought to you by StarWarsReport.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get that plug in. Plug, plug. Price, uh, podcasting needs the starwarsreport.com yeah but uh today we're gonna be discussing uh rebels season one episode six empire day which is a very intriguing a title and a very very big episode as well it was written by henry gilroy no wonder and directed mm-hmm. by stephen g lee in this episode a refugee of the empire seeks the rebels help to get off the planet with important information well really is there any other kind other than important information of course not. absolutely but now, wait a minute. Did he did he actually go seeking out their help, or did they ask, did they find him? Well, that's a whole different we've, story. We've, we've got to get there. Yeah, yeah. But you know that the episode does kick off with Kanan and Ezra training outside of a small local town. So it appears that the Jedi training of Ezra is continuing forward. Yeah, it's nice to see them kind of picking up with that. Is it like it's not really an important plot thread in a lot of episodes, but having it happen every so often makes it really feel like you know it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. That it's taking time, I should say. I think in this case, for this episode, there was a lot of foreshadowing, and you could see some force use the way that I saw it happening during the show. So it kind of makes sense that it was nice to see them at least trying to do something at the beginning, especially with that cat thing showing up again. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they, is this they the second time we've seen the cat thing? Yes. Yes. Oh, you mean. Um, what, oh, what I, else I, did we see it? I, uh, it was I, in uh, like, the beginning of Rise of the Old Masters, actually, uh, when they were training on the um, on top of the uh, the ghost. And the bottle uh, thing fell and hit the, the bottle thing. Head. Yeah, fell and, and hit the what? What is it called? I, I had it written down. I, I forget oh. now. It's it's based on uh, Dave Filoni's cat, I believe. Oh, I do. Um, I do remember talking about that. It's like Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looks that way. Pikachu. 
Although he's not running around yellow with lightning bolts. That's that's in the next episode. That the, yeah. that would be that's after the... Ezra unlocks this cat's hidden potential via the Force. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to look through uh, the Tuca. Tuca. That's there what it's we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah uh-huh. just like the Tuca doll because... from the Clone Wars. Exactly, and that's what it's, the doll is evidently based on. Exactly. So it, it's nice to see that. Uh, that crossover there, and they're continuing these little Easter eggs from uh, from from the, the previous show, and it kind of helps tie everything together and make them part of one big universe, which they are. Yeah, no, they, yeah. they've done a very good job, and this was another excellent episode, I think. Oh, I thought uh, this was, uh, I might even say, not to spoil it, but it might be comparable to Rise of the Old Masters for me. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I would agree. Episode. But, right. but, but we got to yeah, yeah, we, we, we have to keep going with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the episode is called Empire Day for a reason. And we, we kind of get some hints early on that Empire Day means more than um, it's more than just uh, the, the, effectively the 4th of July for the Empire. Right. Um, uh, it means especially to Ezra. It, it means more. But mm-hmm. it, the, it was it was fascinating to me just to think like, wow, this is the this is the anniversary of order 66 when all of the Jedi died and, and they're celebrating it. Like it was some, you know, mm-hmm. great event, the beginning of the empire and it's the anniversary of order 66. Well, and I, mean, I, I think it's been what, how many, how many years at this point? Uh, they said 10? 15. 15, 15. I thought they said 15 years. Um, yeah, 15 would make sense because it was 19 years uh, later that a new hope takes place. So yeah, it's the 15th uh, anniversary and it it it, it kind of hit me like wow that's that's uh well and from, yeah, from the perspective like your average galactic citizen you know it was the ending of the clone wars and that is something to celebrate yes it, no that's it, very it, true the master plan yeah but it, what was fascinating was tying to empire day is it, it appeared that something in the past happened to ezra on that day because you could tell that in a way he was kind of withdrawing from the group a little bit yeah well, what i really didn't notice at first he, mm-hmm. he, said, he said joking <laughs> well, well, uh, well yeah what, i mean it, 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 I? the second time when you watch it the second time go ahead bethany yeah, it was a little heavy-handed but sorry bethany go ahead yeah but well they did mention that it was his birthday empire day is his birthday mm-hmm. and well, mm-hmm. Empire kind of took his parents, so that really kind of sucks to have your birthday on Empire Day. It's like it's gotta be that's gotta be the worst day possible. You know, the Empire took your parents. Your birthday is on Empire Day. Wait, wait, also, we... I I believe Ezra is fifteen. 14? Yeah, no, that was, I, was, yes. I was about to say. So later Which on, means in the episode, he was uh, born on Order sixty six. Oh, okay, okay, okay right? so. No, crazy theory here. Ezra is the reincarnation of Mace Windu. Wait. Oh, no. Hold on. No, 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 no. no, no. Even better theory. Street rat. I hate to tell you this, but the, the twins got mixed up. Luke is not oh, Darth Vader's son. Anakin's son. No, it's Ezra. Oh, no. That, that would... Oh God! Please no. The problem is, like, I could, I could see them doing something like that just to. Can you imagine how much and... fandom would freak out if they said, "Oh man, no, Leia's actually Ezra's sister. <laughs> they're, they're yeah. like, had race kids." Oh jeez. Well, I mean, wow. at least in the uh, the kisses would be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's <that is> true. <laughs> 
Wait, so is that episode seven then that Luke finds out that he's not actually Leia? Yeah. Just has this moment like, no! Which, yeah, no, this is actually before episode seven. He finds this out, which is why he goes into exile. And he, I could have joined with Darth Vader. What have I done? Uh, no. Uh, he goes into exile, and then and that's that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I. So, what did you guys think of Ezra's backstory? Because I thought, you know, I really enjoyed getting these details about him. I know we're kind of jumping around at this point, but let's just get dive right into it. Ezra and uh, and his parents and, and Order sixty six. Fun fact: first thing that jumped out to me was the uh, I loved hearing about his mom and dad and how they were kind of under the the rebellion before it was cool, or at least the rebellion before they were crushed by the Empire. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, but if you'll notice, I would. I would swear that the voiceover for Ezra's father, when it's kind of the the, the floating voice speaking to him, uh-huh. that's Deep Baker. Yes, yes, yes. I I I heard the exact same thing. I'm and, gonna have to go back and watch it again. Uh huh. So. Now you could say so, which tells me he has all these collections. He's a collection of of uh, of stormtrooper and, and clone trooper helmets. I wonder if his dad Uh-oh. is either. Uh oh. Rex, or my personal theory, uh, what is the name of the uh, the 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 clone trooper we saw on? Are you thinking Gregor? No, maybe Gregor. Oh, or Darman, right? Uh, no, probably not Darman. But the, there's the one on um, that clone trooper is married to the Twi'lek uh, on on that. Oh, planet. oh, oh, oh! I know, I know who you're talking What's about. His name. Um, oh, I go back to our definitely. Oh, you, you remember that episode? I, I believe the episode, it was like the episode because it was Captain Rex because Captain yeah. Rex was involved in that one. Yeah, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I can't remember his and name. They were like farming him. by themselves. Although um, I guess it, it, because no one will pass. I think it's Tup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Okay, were they on the planet lawful at the time? Let me see if I can it, it, jump in. Um, just a quick note. Uh-huh. Skype has this thing where if you have more than two, you can't hear the third. I was literally just yelling at you guys. It's tough. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think, I think Tup's it. Um, yeah. I think you're right. But wow. yeah, now I'm going back through our old show. But I think that could be it, right? Because they were they were on the planet farming by themselves. He left the, uh, he left the Republic. Right. Um, I don't know. I think. Okay. That'd be one hell of a twist. That would be great, though. And, but... and, and it wasn't wasn't the wasn't the Twi'lek? Wasn't she a former Jedi? Maybe not. So maybe no, maybe, maybe that destroys all. Of, uh, no, I think I think Commando. you're. Yeah, yeah that's you're what right. Okay, so maybe you're thinking. I don't think it's just the Twi'lek. She wasn't Twi'lek. So maybe maybe it is Rex, but then we'd have to have some Force-sensitive Jedi that he mated with. Well, no, because the Force doesn't necessarily need to come from people who are force sensitive like we know that's not the case because that's not how the jedi order works the that's jedi true. order like it requires that to happen because we know they they go and look for children we know right. that like if the force actually only came from force sensitive parents then there'd be this whole big like the whole idea that you know jedi never marry would never have happened because then there would be no jedi <laughs> mm-hmm the Force chooses an instrument. That's true. But no, I, I actually really like this idea that he might be a clone trooper, uh, the son of a clone trooper, because he, like, he's got the hair and skin color for it. I mean, I like it, 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 eye color's a little odd, but... 
if not oh yeah you're right you're right he does like the black yeah. hair the sort of like uh i'm blanking oh, out like that sort of like tan molasses skin color that uh tamara morrison has but but he yeah. but he's not square jawed he's not square jawed as, no as but well no but he he hasn't gone through puberty yet so it's well, all true give it okay. give it some time okay yeah well and if i may add to that though I wonder if we're running a little too far with the father's voice thing, because to to me, the voice was definitely D. Bradley Baker's, but was it really supposed to be the voice of a former clone? That's true. I mean, it could just be they brought him in as a, as a cameo, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I I feel like, well, um, I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I think as far as I understand, Bethany, D. Bradley Baker, um, after Clone Wars uh, signed that he is contractually, contractually obligated to play only clone troopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 giant crazy Genosian monsters. Yeah, that's true. Or just monsters of any sort. Weren't we on one of the episodes with you guys that did the the zombie episodes? I Wasn't it so. the episode? I, I, I would say oh. yes. God, it I... was the queen. Yeah, it was the queen with the, yeah. the weird queen zombie. Yeah. Person, man, those were the days. Sorry, I, wow. but I digress. Rodian, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Yes. So anyway, I, yeah, I think I don't think they would have brought in D. Bradley Baker for just any role. I, I think they they would have probably used um, one of the other actors they have in the show because we saw it in the Clone Wars a lot, right? They'd they'd reuse the actors mm-hmm. uh, for various parts, like you know Matt Lanter would have a a, a little role as some side character or or, or right. whatnot. That's true. Or and so I thought maybe maybe it's Steve Blum. Who who voiced it? Because they have a kind of similar voice. Zeb is the father. But no, no, I'm. <laughs> I, I, I know it's D. Bradley Baker because actually I'm looking at the credits again and it does say Ephraim Bridger, uh, played by D. Bradley Baker. Aha! So mm. there we go. So it was D. And uh, I I you hope know, there's I... some really cool connection to the Clone Wars there. I do. I, I hope so too. Watching the um, watching the Clone Wars has been an experience, and now Rebels, where I now kind of take a, a kind of weird pride in how much I can now start recognizing voice actors because I used to not have this ability at all, mm-hmm. and now the more I've, I've seen these shows, it, it, not even in a bad way. It's not saying that the performance is bad, but you mm-hmm. kind of force yourself to focus on those little intricacies. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Speaking of the uh, of, of Ezra, uh, his parents. What do you think happened? To his parents. I mean, they've been gone for eight years. He's been living on the streets. I think uh, they were found out. I mean, there's something think... about the Empire, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I, think they were found out. I believe they were they were operating. They were, they were doing like underground broadcasts. Yep. Right against the Empire. Yes. Um, Not unlike this very podcast. Yeah. <laughs> which which yeah, just tell me like, like it right was now. some clone trooper who didn't agree with the direction. Uh, and and left and was striking back, mm-hmm. but obviously not, not in a in a violent way. Obviously, because it was his his brother, yeah. basically. Well, okay, they, okay. Um, oh God, who? I'm trying to think data because they just had him. Uh, they just had him break into another news announcement again in this episode. Uh, Brent um, yes, Brent. Spiner. Yeah, Brent Spiner. Okay, Here, so let's let's back up a little bit. So yeah, back, back up. I, on re- I really liked about. <laughs> this episode is we essentially have two separate plots kind of an a plot and a b plot that that end up Mm. coming together which is you know and obviously a very successful formula for a tv show so we start off with ezra and uh kanan training right and these 
three TIE fighters arrive, and everyone's ex- immediately confused as to, hey, what are the TIE fighters doing here? This doesn't seem right. And we find out that our, our second plot, or the main plot, I suppose, with Ezra's being the second, uh-huh. is that we're looking for a Rodian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Meanwhile, there's the whole Empire Day celebration. And, and, and this dynamic actually was really fascinating that the Empire thinks, and I guess it completely fits with Palpatine's M.O., right? The, um, the Empire believes that showing off the might of the Empire and the propaganda is almost more important in some ways than catching this Rodian who, who has these, this information. Mm-hmm. Well, they put all of their all of their troops into this Empire Day parade and the celebration. And uh, I think at one point, I think it was Kanan says that under normal circumstances, the Rodian would have been found instantly or within hours. And it's been a day or or, or, uh, at least it's been a a significant period of time uh, that this Rodian has been on the run because they've been so distracted by Empire Day, which is. Mm-hmm. really cool to me and it shows like their priorities are almost off but it really the death star real. was less about blowing up planets than fear you right know, fear will keep the local systems in line or okay. showing off the might no, of the Empire. no but that's okay no okay you're making me jump ahead again i was okay. i was gonna wait for this for later okay i'm sorry i'm so, sorry okay. so we find out later that the rodian has plans for the empire empire's plans for the outer rim uh-huh. and he, here's the thing so we we know from this is I guess this is legends now. What you're quoting, this idea that fear will keep the outer systems in line. This this is the Tarkin doctrine, right? Which is mm-hmm. uh, how the Empire intends to keep the outer rim in line. And if you look and like go back and read about uh, the Star Wars Essential Atlas, it it kind of describes why this is a really big deal. And the said the idea is that as the galaxy you get to the outer rims and you know the inner rim to the outer rim to uh, I'm blanking the shell. All these various parts of the galaxies, as you go farther and farther out, it becomes much harder to, to keep control. You know, you see this in episode four when you hear about Tatooine, right. like, oh, yeah, slavery, or sorry, in episode one, you know, slavery has been out, has been overruled or outlawed, except in the Outer Rim, the Empire has no power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the Tarkin Doctrine is not, this is how the Empire planned, like, you know, they, they send ships out and they try and do it that way and it doesn't really work. And you can see that on Lothal. Like, hey, the Empire's here. They've got ships. It's not doing enough to keep the systems in line. And so Tarkin comes in and says, okay, you're never going to be able to do this by just sending forces out and patrolling. You, we don't, if the Outer Rim is too large to do this. What we do instead is we say, okay, fine. You, like, you screw with us. We'll just blow up your planet. We will keep you in line through fear, not through, mm-hmm. not through the traditional ways, traditional uh, applications of force. Mm-hmm. And so at this point in time, we don't know if that's actually doctrine yet. That's I like the idea. That's I'm true. hoping that mm-hmm. part of what uh, Siba has stolen is, in fact, the Tarkin doctrine mm. or the very the beginning pieces. Interesting, because, I mean, we know at some point that, that they're, they're supposed to have a uh, the Empire is supposed to have a five year plan. Exactly. And um, I which... want that five year plan coincides very nicely with. episode yeah. four. Interesting. But okay, so back to the the broadcast and and yeah. Brent Steiner. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Did, so that we go, we're we're taking place in a bar, uh, and the Imperial pilots come in like, "Hey, it's the law to show these you... broadcasts." <laughs> yep. 
And then Brett Spiner's character comes in, breaks in saying, hey, I'm bringing you news that you need to know that the Empire doesn't want you to. So you've got a, a TIE fighter pilot sitting there saying, shut it off. And the, oh God, the, it was on the tip of my tongue. The, the Thorian, the, well, no, oh, the yeah. Thorian the bartender. bartender says, I, yeah, I can't shut it off because it's the law. So basically he throws it back into the TIE fighters, TIE fighters uh, pilot's face. Now, did you guys see in the background the clone trooper helmet? That was another nice little tie-in behind oh, the bar. No, I did not. Yes, there is a clone trooper helmet off to the left of the Authorian. Off to, I'm sorry, the Authorian's right. It was cool to have it back there. So as you were saying earlier, the nice little nods back to the Clone Wars. That was ah, cool to see it, see it there see as it, well. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing that I noticed about this scene was just how unpopular the Empire is with everyone in the mm. bar and the fact that yep. the Ithorian was like, you know, nobody's requested that ever. And the Empire is not popular, for sure. Mm -mm. Well, that's what happens no. when you're working in the Outer Rim, and all you do is, you know, knock over fruit stands. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was just, it was just really cool to see, like, how the Empire is trying to force the the people in in the in the bar to in the cantina to um, to support the Empire. You're like, raise your glasses and. You know, trying to well, you will raise your glass or else. And, uh, and do you, and, and do you mm -hmm. and do you think that this ties in nicely with Princess Leia's quote uh, from Episode Four, where she turns to Vader and say the the more you tighten your hand, the oh, easier it is for people to slip through your fingers. Through your fingers. Yes. yes. So I, I think this is this is a case in point. They're really trying to sit here and throw that grip in there, saying, you know, you've got to show this, you've got to show your support. But once those Thai pilots leave the bar. What happens? The bartender just turns the TV off. It's like, yeah, like we're going to listen to you. Right. right. Sorry, Bethany. Oh, it, to me, it, it's a little interesting because it's almost like the Empire is just trying too hard. You know, with Empire mm -hmm. Day and the solution and everything, uh, I can get that any government wants to at least win some support. But when it's so obvious that there really isn't any support, I, I kind of wonder. I mean, when you have a Death Star and everything, <laughs> do you really bother with publicity stunts like that? Right. Mm -hmm. I think they had where, to early on. Yeah. I See, this is where I would have loved to see uh, a lot of stuff happening in like the inner rim or, you know, around Coruscant. Because you have to imagine things are probably pretty good for the inner rim worlds. They've always already been part of the Republic. Things probably aren't changing all that much for them on a day to day basis. You've got um, kind of like a firefly effect where the, the, the worlds that are closest to the heart experience the, have the best experience. Mm -hmm. They're the ones least like, yeah, what do you mean the Empire is bad? No, like the rebels are just troublemakers. And we're not, we're not really seeing any of those standpoints. So it's just like, yeah, the Empire is, the Empire is evil. Who knew? Mm -hmm. uh, Bethany, you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the celebration that they had and the parade. What, what did you guys think of of this whole scene and the, and the way they, they presented it. Uh, Riley, you as well. Uh, the, the whole empire day parade. We've seen parades a, a number of times now in, in star Wars. This one, I think had a kind of a unique take in some ways. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, like I looked over at Bethany and I, I heard like, it was almost like the, um, old Republic fanfare at the end of the mm -hmm. ninth old Republic game. If you guys remember that, and uh -huh. I heard, I, of course, I heard that sound kind of uh, come through, and 
man, it was, it was, I was, I'm, I'm tempted to try to pull it up, but I don't know if I can find it quickly enough. Oh, all right. Here's a try. Nope, wrong one. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take two. I was so close to actually having it. No, that, that, that's yeah, fine. We'll, but, we'll take care of that in editing. But, right. But it, it did have, it, the, the, speaking of the music, you know, we got the Imperial March, but in a much more upbeat, parade-like fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I always thought the Imperial March was incredibly upbeat. It sounds like the track <laughs> for a hero. <laughs> But so, what did you guys think of that? And, and the fact that we had the, the Minister Tua presiding uh, since the governor was uh, on course not to celebrate with the emperor himself. Yeah, I thought the the the, the main issue I've had with rebels so far is often that they it, it's a little too um, overstated and sometimes uh, hits you over the head a little bit too much with with your points. Like the whole Empire Day sequence in the cantina where it's like clap clap and just toast to mm. the empire. Yeah, it's like, I we get it. It's it, it was kind of. Uh, there's no actual genuine threat in the show because of the nature of it. You're not actually going to show genuine, harsh abuse coming from the Empire. So that right. kind of handicaps the show from being able to do it. So it, that's when it was kind of just overstated without backup. But man, when the parade started, I was all in because like, that was humorous. So when it kind of took a more actual, genuine, humorous angle, I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. And I turned over, I turned over at Beth and was like, this is amazing. Because I didn't recognize it at first. And then I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, uh, and I this sounds familiar. Yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And they also used the opportunity to introduce a uh, a certain vehicle, Stephen. Oh, are you gonna let me talk about this of, one? Of course, you're you're the uh, you're the vehicle uh, guy. Of course, yes. you're gonna talk about it. <laughs> That's who else you. would would introduce this topic? Take so it we are introduced. Actually, so there's two pieces of this. We find out later that the Empire is setting up a Tie Fighter production facility on Lothal, which actually sets the stage for a lot of the uh, bad things that I think are happening and why the Empire is cracking down. Is, is you don't want your military production facilities to be uh, full of rebels per se. But yeah, so we find out that uh, the Empire is unveiling the Tie Fighter Advanced. Sorry, the Tie Advanced Starfighter is how they refer to it which is similar but not quite the same as Darth Vader's TIE Fighter from Episode Four, mm. mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I was happy to see that. It was. And to spoil their plans, the, uh, the crew of the Ghost decides of course. to show up as well. Yep. Um, and, and you had Baron von Rudolph. Uh, which I was also very well. excited about because if we can have one Baron TIE Fighter pilot, why not a certain Baron Fell, perhaps? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're just teasing people. They're like, oh, so close, so close to a Baron Vell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I believe, I, is this the same pilot we, we, we've we encountered in the previous episodes as I, well? I have a feeling, yes. The one really where they do. stole the TIE Fighter um, in, uh, what was it? Uh, I, was it F- Fighter Droids in Distress where they, they stole the, the TIE Fighter? fighter? Uh, fight or Flight? Fight, fight, fight or Flight, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. Fight or Flight. Obviously, I, Fight or Flight. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think it was brought up before that because it's the first season, they're going to try and reuse models because they really haven't built up their their production yet. So it kind of makes sense that he will be, whenever they need a TIE fighter pilot with the head off or his helmet off, mm-hmm. they'll probably use him. Well, I think it makes sense, too, because it's a smaller setting, right? We've talked about this before. Right. That kind of reuse, right. reusing, having Minister Tua make a lot of appearances, having um, you know those, those two Imperial officers make a lot of appearances, uh, the TIE fighter pilot Baron. Uh, those make sense, 
The ones mm. where they're a little bit strange is like in the crowd in this episode. I don't know if you noticed, they had the same exact model repeated probably, I don't know, four or five times per character. Someone had a, a, a GIF out on the internet where they like circled the same characters in, in the crowd. It didn't actually, I didn't notice it my first time watching it, but you can tell that they're kind of low on character models at the moment. And hopefully that'll, that'll that was a very well, short production time and that'll, that'll yeah, improve I'm, it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it'll build itself up over time. Sure. Yeah, because it's, it's, they did the same thing with the Clone Wars, too. Clone yeah. Wars, they were doing the same thing at the beginning, and then it built up over time, just like the animation improved. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think we have anything to be worried about in that respect. I'm not, I'm not too worried, yeah. No. Again, it, it never actually pulled no. it. I didn't notice it until someone pointed it out to me, so it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Kanan kind of sneaks over while uh, Zeb and Sabine use some fireworks to distract the rest of the crowd. But they blow up the the TIE fighter, which is a fairly big and very public blast, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice on the part of the crew. The Rebels crew, I mean. Mm -hmm. Okay, but... Like, that's that's very... Like, bombing a public parade, like, that's... You're starting to cross that line between, like, who's getting hurt in these attacks, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay, it, but it, I, I, hang on. Yeah, th- there is one yeah, thing that you did miss, Stephen, that was actually quite funny that I never thought I would see Kanan do. Mm-hmm. But after the grenades were thrown to start the fireworks, you see Kanan sneak over to plant the detonator, but he gets caught by a stormtrooper. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and here's the, here's what I never expected was yeah, on his way back, I never expected him to act. I, you could say he was acting drunk, but just to hear him say, "So many colors, man." It's like a, a rainbow. I swear, I almost wanted to hear double rainbow. Yeah. I, I think my favorite part of that had to be Ezra pops in after. He's like, oh, sorry about my dad. And Kanan's just like, I love the Empire. No, that was great. That was actually very fun. It, I was, mean, it was just such a great voice for him while he was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the, the animation for the acting in that was actually pretty fun to watch, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I can add... I, I, he was a little too good at that. A little too. <laughs> Maybe too much practice. Like he has some experience being a bit of a drunk. Yeah, well, you you, you have to read a new dawn. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's actually you know, you're right. You are very right. I'd forgotten about that aspect of the new of a new dawn. Yep. Um, but yeah, Ken spends a lot of time uh, hitting the bottles. Absolutely. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so of course, who is there but uh, Agent Callus, mm-hmm. who, who who Zeb wants to kind of go well, at, and the Inquisitor, both yes. of them make appearances yeah. here. And, and again, I, I don't get the feeling that the Inquisitor is, uh, even though he hasn't caught them, I don't get the feeling that he's underpowered or incompetent at all. So, do you think well, he's toying so- with them? Do you think, in a way, he's toying with them, or do you think? Um, oh, I before I said that, I had exactly what I was thinking of. Um, he's not underpowered. He's just maybe pre. I don't know. No, I, I, I think and it's hard to describe at this point. Maybe, maybe, maybe you guys feel differently, but I feel like they're able to 
kind of encounter him and escape without making it seem like I know they're they're well, talking about this here, being a major he, problem with he never Wars. he didn't ever really give chase until the end here and as I'm sure we'll discuss this is kind of a cliffhanger episode so it's mm-hmm. it's not too surprised like the Inquisitor is on their tail right now mm-hmm. for sure so exactly. I, I think it'll be the next episode will be the big question I think is like how do you handle like assuming our heroes escape because who knows maybe they don't yeah how do they handle that? And does the Inquisitor feel weak because they escape, or is is something else happening? True is my question. So you know, Ezra leads the uh, the rest of the group to his old house, actually, um, before it was all all boarded up. Well, so here, so th- well, before we get there, so we're they're tracking Seba, and at this point, Ezra has recognized the Rodian because his his picture's been passed around a lot, mm-hmm. and he's like, guys, let let's go. I want to, you know, I want to go. I'll, I'll lead us to escape. Zeb, you, you're not going to fit. Because as, of course, Ezra is going to go through the vents. Right. Of course. Because, why, why you know, have I think we have events. a vent scene in every episode so far. Yep. <laughs> That's right. We were gonna, weren't we going to count that at one point? We were talking about it, at least. It's, it's kind of cutting in a little, but I did want to say something about their evil bad guy, as I like to reference him. I, 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 I do think that he is powerful, but not that powerful. It's almost like the the type of lightsaber that he has, the way that he carries himself, that he knows that he is a less powerful bad guy than, say, Vader or Palpatine or Dooku mm-hmm. was or mm-hmm. anyone on that level. And I, I still do kind of want to see... I, I mean, I haven't read A New Dawn, but I do want to see like how good of a Jedi Kanan actually is because you know he was a he was just a padawan when he lost his master so it's not like he was it's not like he was a really experienced Jedi master or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is yeah, true. so yeah, I think I have a nice balance of making him cool but not not overpowered or incompetent. Right. right. So. I feel like we've seen a lot of uh you know Kanan is he learned a lot about being a Jedi, but he hasn't had the time to absorb it that, you know, an Obi-Wan Kenobi did or any of our other big characters. So you see, you feel his inexperience very often, I feel, especially when he's training Ezra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and that's that's kind of evident in a lot of the previous episodes as well, where he's been kind of nervous to train mm-hmm. to train Ezra. Yeah. So I, I, I like the way that they're handling it. Um, yeah. So but, we, we find Seba or Sibo, whatever, whatever his name is. Yeah, I thought it was Seba, but Sibo, uh, but he pronounced his own name with like an O. So I'm not actually yeah. sure what the, the correct pronunciation is. Uh, and I haven't seen the episode guide yet, of course, which doesn't help. I think that happens tomorrow. It's always the day after. <laughs> well, this is what we get for watching on Disney XD. I, yeah. You know what? That's true. That's true. I, I, I have it up on StarWarsRebels.Wikia.com that it's Sebo and it's T S double E B O. Oh, okay. That's one of the silent T. Okay. Wow. Well, so we find out that T. I'm gonna Sebo. Yes. Which is very similar to. I don't know why they end in O's. But. Yep. Sebo. Yes. So Sebo. We find out him in the basement of Ezra's fam old family home with, and he's a cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, similar to Lobot, which I thought was very interesting. Cause we, I, I'm trying to think if we've actually seen another cyborg in star Wars, even in the EU, they're very, very rare. I don't even think we saw one in the clone wars. 
I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't want to say we've we seen them, but... But not as obvious. Right. Yeah. And it was yeah. kind of fascinating to see how Sivo's, um his his electronics were kind of malfunctioning a bit almost. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That, to me, was very interesting and, and almost more realistic than someone like Lobot because, you know, you have to know in order to do that kind of thing, for some people it's not going to go very well, especially if you have the Empire who wants something from someone and they don't really care about the individual. So I think that... In, in some ways shows us the more serious side of the mm. Empire. Because through, through the episode, you know, we, we have Empire Day and music and parades and, oh, all this fun sort of grandeur stuff. And yes, there's the Inquisitor, but you still think of him more as a Sith instead of as the Empire, if that right. makes sense. So this kind of, to me, shows a bit more of the evil side of the Empire. So, mm. yeah, well, so I, was, I was really curious. We find out that, you know, the Empire is doing this to... Sibo and people like him because mm-hmm. it enhances their efficiency and productivity. And then Sibo has a quick line about, oh, yes, I have, you know, 98% productivity and efficiency. Mm-hmm. Does that, so does, I mean, does that mean Lobot has the, the same experience? I think so. I mean, I, Lobot has always seemed very efficient for me. And he's like, got it, you know. Uh, but I wonder, like, was he forced but, into this or was he, I don't know. You know, I would think in this case, it seemed like he could have been forced into it. Uh, yeah. But, it didn't seem because maybe it is the uh, oh god why am I having a problem tonight because he is malfunctioning at this point maybe it's a thing in which he didn't do it because he wanted to he was forced into it and that could be why he is malfunctioning because inside it's like I didn't ask for this mm-hmm. so now I'm rebelling against this mm. and that's do you why think it's more of like a, a um controlling them or just just purely productivity because i I have to wonder like if it's if it's more about subjugating them and 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 putting them under the empire's control like why not just use a a droid instead of um putting these devices on on people okay but here's and using them here's the thing if you read the the book you're i'm reading now about the 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 kid that was from the Mm -hmm. last episode um, mm-hmm. there was a thing in which they go out to one of the characters, it used to be his farm, and there were robots that were out there picking the fruit and doing a very poor job of it. Mm. So maybe organics this, are still better Yeah, overall. organics. Yeah, and maybe in this case, because also if you want to tie it into A New mm. Dawn, um, the, the guy who's trying to increase productivity to get the crystals, maybe mm. they're trying to do the cross between the two. They True. can't use the droids because the droids are clumsy. So let's use you know organics and make them cyborgs like this. True. And if that's going to make it work, let's do it. But Plus, I wonder if... the question is, is, is it forced or are they volunteering for it? In this case, I would think Sibo is forced because, like I said, I maybe he's functioning against the programming. Lobot, I feel like he volunteered. That could be the case for Lobot, yeah. Because like, like, I can't well, see why... I don't know. Go ahead, Bethany. I, it, when when Ezra talks about Sibo going to the Empire after something happened to his parents, uh-huh. uh, I think that that kind of could be like uh, the episode that we saw with the Academy. I'm just blanking on the name right now, but ah. where idealistic people oh. go to join yeah. the Academy and they kind of get snatched away and stuff happens to them. Interesting. I think I actually think you could be right there. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting take on that for sure. Um, I don't know. It's it's the whole the whole thing fascinates me that like 
they would want to use real people instead of instead of droids probably for maybe they're 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 cheaper they they try to they get people to join that way they can kind of take control over them i don't know i don't know lots of things okay but, but also it's a, it's a cool idea but also don't forget that after the clone wars ended they basically shut down the droids mm. so i'm sure that people are afraid too be... still of of too many droids and that aren't just like cleaning the floors correct you know, or and translating and correct in this case, don't forget. I think it was it no. was C three PO who said droids were building droids at right. the droids factory on Geonosis. Yeah, if you're if your droids so. more than like a toaster or a, you know a utility, then uh, it might it might freak people out. Maybe I don't know. Okay, and in this case, I was just to, to try and connect the two together. Since you've got the Rodian and they're on Lothal and they've got this production facility that's going to be building ties, especially advanced ties. Mm-hmm. Do you want a droid building that tie? True. True. Yeah, you, I mean, actually, you you bring up a good point. There's the 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 facility. Sibo uh, has all of this intel on fighter deployments and schematics for At- Sentinel class shuttles, ATATs, Tie bombers, strategies, the five year plan for the Outer Rim. Everything um, that's in the future, you see right there, just mm-hmm. right there, coming from his his brain. Yeah, that was really cool. And so Sabine actually is you know able to kind of hack into his brain, basically. And uh, access a lot of this detail, which which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and kicks there, off. The face. And there is one thing that we kind of missed. I think when when uh, Ezra was down inside that pit, and it was it looked like it was the underground radio facility that his parents used, uh-huh. or was it? Because or maybe we skipped this. I think it was earlier. There was a spot in which when Ezra fi- left the ghost at the beginning of the episode where, where he wanted to be alone, he went back to where we saw him in the first episode. That big that big apartment the spire this guy had uh-huh. the spire the space needle he <laughs> grabbed the space needle thank you the space needle he grabbed that data card and he kind of held it mm. and you see him kind of pull it out again when he gets to his house his old house it's almost like he wanted to plug it in and um um sabine sat there and said what is this and he basically kind of blew it off right so there's something on that disc that hopefully like i've said before if you call attention to it you have to use it so hopefully, because of the cliffhanger, this was this happened as we'll see what was on that disc next. next That's episode. true, and he and he did hear yeah, a little I'm bit of sure. his mother and father's voice at one yes. point saying, "Yeah, we must stand up for other people, especially those in need." Yeah. Uh, okay. Of motivation. I, I have a question for you guys. So the first time he hears his mother's voice, it's almost like he actually heard it, not remembering it. Yes, that I do agree. Like, I think oh, ghost? I don't know, like a force ghost or some sort of. Well, force... hearing his mother's voice would make more sense than his father's if it's a force ghost. Yeah, because yeah. I agree. Because remember, he was in a spear and he said "mom," and he was mm-hmm. kind of looking around. Like there's the scene later on where uh, he's remembering their conversations, and that feels like a memory. But that right. that that one felt like it was something more than uh. that. Well, yeah, and because like I don't know if you guys have really talked about it much or not, but there's that sound that is almost like the force, or when Ezra is feeling mm-hmm. force, mm-hmm. that it comes on right at that moment. Right. Yeah. It's it's very mysterious, and I wonder. I like we were talking about this earlier. I really wonder what's going on with Ezra's parents. There's clearly something more there. Yeah. And hopefully, I maybe we'll find out more next episode since we know that uh, this is a two-parter. But I would hope maybe something on that little data disc. That's one of the things I really like about this show, though, is that we didn't get as much of this type of um, the type of stories with the Clone Wars are more standalone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we obviously got like what's going to happen to Maul and 
Um, well, we did and, have two and parters sort of stuff. and three parters and such. And... No, sure, for, for sure, for sure. Uh, what I'm talking about is more like, what is Ezra's backstory? What happened to mm. his parents? Right. Um, who is Fulcrum? These kind of things we didn't really get as much of in True. the Clone Wars. So it's kind of nice to have that in, in Rebels, especially like mm-hmm. the, the smaller, set, more intimate setting as well than uh, the you giant galaxy-spanning. I still keep thinking that there was a promo that was run on Disney XD where you do hear Kanan say something, where they keep showing promos of what's to come, what's to come. Mm-hmm. And you hear Kanan say something to the effect of, there is something in Ezra's head. So there's something... I've not heard that yet in any of the episodes that we have seen, but I've seen that promo a couple times and I keep hearing that line and it sounds like Kanan saying that he's holding something, that there's something about Ezra. Maybe this is the, the mm-hmm. foreshadowing and the ra- the fa- final unraveling or finally unraveling his backstory here. Mm-hmm. But I keep seeing this promo and I keep hearing that line and it's like, you know, what are you talking about? I want to know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's well, like, it's, I want to know. You know, I was thinking about it. I'm not actually surprised we didn't really get that in the Clone Wars. Because what, like, obviously they could invent, like, new characters and stories for it. But our main characters, the only one who was really new was Ahsoka. We right. know Anakin's right. backstory. We know as much as we're ever going to know, I think, about Obi-Wan's backstory. Uh, you're never going to have a, a plot about, hey, where did the clones come from? Exactly. Who is the clone's father? And, 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 and to be fair, we did get some of those things, like, you know, uh, right. the I mean, whole Sifo-Dyas arc and the Force, mm-hmm. and we, so we did certainly get some of that stuff, but it's very yeah. different. But, it's more I don't think isolated. Clone Wars, was, would, I don't think, would have been able to support it oh, as, no. in the same way that Rebels can. Very different show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that, that, was, that was cool. Um, but the, 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 the criticize, we need to get Sibo out of here. So they steal an Imperial troop transport. Uh, we could see that again uh, from the, the old the old Kenner toys, and uh, and they escape. And of course, it was actually nice to see the Empire. You know, the Empire is not stupid, right? They they might have stormtroopers who can't fire very well, but um, <laughs> you know they they figure out, hey, an Imperial troop transport was stolen, and we get this really nice chase um, out of the city, back down the the giant road to to nowhere that we got from. Uh, spark rebellion and um and they're they're basically have this long chase sequence and they they run right through the blockade um oh i just love how that imperial officer was just standing out there saying stop (laughs) are you serious he said it three times stop are you serious that was the longest small patch of road i've ever seen (laughs) absolutely they'd cut to the uh the troop transport approaching and he'd be like stop and then they'd cut right. back and it'd be like just as far away as it was before and then we get a shot of it like firing and getting close and then we cut back to stop and yeah. then cut back again and it's still not there just like really guys really yeah yeah, yeah. one one funny thing about this scene too was that that is while yes the empire does have you know, you know it's acting like it's not stupid but i like the fact that this one is kind of low-level imperial officer who's a little bit more bureaucratic uh-huh. than anything else. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to go out there and, and he thinks he's so powerful and he's going to say stop and stop them with his troops. And of course, it's not going to be what happens. You know, It's going to be Callus and the Inquisitor who are actually going to get stuff done. But that mm-hmm. is so low-level bureaucrat typical, it made me laugh. Indeed. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this. Riley, what did you think of this whole scene? 
You know, that guy <laughs> kind of cracks me up the most of the various Imperial officers because he's kind of a caricature of the original trilogy ones. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one thing that I kind of, this whole sequence, yes, it was a little over the top, uh, and yes, the Imperials were, were kind of really made fools of, um, almost in a way kind of like the battle droids were. It's almost sort of like that some of the stormtroopers are becoming that comedic foil, but I feel like it's better done. Right. Um, I, I would have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. Well, so, sorry, yeah, I think I loved it. Sorry. I was going to say, uh, what I, th- I think what they did that works really well is we, we now have two classes of opponents. Like we have the stormtroopers who we know we can take kind of, we don't, we can kind of laugh at them as far as their, how threatening they are. We can, you know, laugh about, you know, this particular Imperial officer because anytime he shows up, we know he's a, he's a bureaucrat. He's not particularly good at what he does. Mm-hmm. But, like, when Callus or the Inquisitor shows up, we know we know things are real. Like, these mm-hmm. are people that they, they've never had scenes where they're, be, where they're incompetent or being made fun of. They're always very good at what they do, mm-hmm. even when they don't succeed. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, let's see what else happens in this in this fight. We get the uh, the Tie uh, advanced, uh, piloted by the Inquisitor himself. His guess, helmet looks so yeah, cool. Yeah, his helmet was cool. How about that? Yeah, that was really uh, not expecting that that style helmet at all. Very uh, very almost like a knight, uh, kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, really really enjoyed it. And you know he he's pursuing the the, the troop transport, and uh, you've got. Stormtroopers and officers jumping on the transport and being thrown off, and all, all sorts of stuff. And then the, the ghost swoops in at the last second, um, and with Chopper on the on the ship's turret. And uh, yeah, does Chopper not have the normal like droids aren't allowed to kill people sort uh, of thing? Chopper throws. Chopper, things. I think, is Chopper. Chopper is. So Riley Bethany, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about Chopper? We've talked about, I think it's on the last episode, how very different from your your standard droid and kind of a, a jerk in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of uh-huh. the analogy is is the family cat, but it's like the the mean cat. Uh, what do you guys think of of Chopper? Chopper get your thoughts here. Chopper is the reason I'm not a cat person. Love to join you on that He's one. A- you know, I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm a fan of Chopper, believe it or not. I, I, I think it's sort of like he's the, the alter ego, um, uh, evil twin of, of R2-D2. <laughs> it's and, true. And I like that. I like that because he, he always is right on the edge of like, like if, if Chopper were my droid, I would scrap him. Uh-huh. But he's just enough, has just enough character uh, that shows that, in, and, and he's always contributing to the group. It's, you know that he's just... Uh, just a tough guy to get along with. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I, 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 can, I can see that. And Ch- uh, Chopper did take some damage in this episode too. Yeah, uh, his his turret got a little hit, and he was smoking and uh, kind of had some electricity shooting off him and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I, I almost think that uh, Chopper's had a little bit too much damage done to him. <laughs> there, there's something messed up in his circuitry. You know, it seems like he's just been put together by a bunch of parts. Because even his third wheel is an actual wheel compared to R2. So it seems, I mean, I hate to say this, I'd love to even get kind of a backstory on Chopper. 
to find out thinking, why we, he like, is We don't even really is. know who owns Chopper no. or any of those sorts of no. things. Nothing like that at all. Hmm. I mean, if the, anyone the has assumption... owned Chopper, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure that's actually possible at this point. I feel like owning Chopper. Well, would if be... you have a cat, do you really? Do you really it's own like, a cat? Do you own <laughs> a cat? No. I was gonna say that's actually uh, the analogy holds up pretty well. Obviously, that is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we do get a, a brief shot of Kanan, you know, again with his lightsaber, he activates his lightsaber. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm, so I've had the episode on the, on in the background, uh, just kind of while we're, we're podcasting again. Um, and the, the second I said he has, he activates his lightsaber. He actually activated his lightsaber. I, I wasn't even paying attention to where we were in the episode. So funny side note for, for you guys listening after the fact. Um, but Kanan activates his lightsaber very briefly. We don't get too much lightsaber action, but we did in this one. No. Uh, just before they just escape. enough to defend himself yeah and we also yeah. get a little uh we also find out that tie fighter production will begin within six weeks i so i again this is one of the things i feel like we're building up to a big uh finale it, it's it's funny we've got this tie fighter production facility which is being constructed and is going to start pushing out tie fighters and here we have a missing tie fighter that none of us i believe sorry i don't uh, think any of us believe that the tie fighter from uh you know what I'm talking about. The TIE Fighter from... From Fighter Flight? Thank you. I was blanking on the word. The TIE Fighter from Fighter Flight. None of us believe that it actually got destroyed like they claim. And here we find out that TIE Fighter production facility is being started. I can I can totally see a scene where they t- they use that TIE Fighter to sneak into the facility to blow it up. Any thoughts here, Riley and Bethany, on the, the TIE Fighter, the, the, the weapons, uh, half of which are still out there in, in the galaxy, the um, all, that, all that sort of stuff? Because they, they seem to be dropping these hints. Do you guys think they'll they'll, they'll be used at some point? Yeah, I, I I'm I don't think they will with the Tie Fighter, quite honestly, because. Do you think it was actually destroyed? Where is it? You know, would they just mm-hmm. leave it there with the option that I, I mean, the most likely people to find it would honestly be the Empire. So better to destroy it than have it, as would be most likely happen, fall back into the hands of the Empire, because mm-hmm. obviously they don't have it with them. I see. Uh, as far as the other things, you can just tell. And like, um, have you guys seen the discussion going on in Twitter with? Um, oh, I just blanked on the character's name, Riley. Who's Fulcrum? the character? What? Yeah, Fulcrum, right? Fulcrum. Yeah. So actually, I Fulcrum. had that on my list to ask you about next. So let's please, please continue. I mean, yeah. We... So so with Fulcrum and just some other things in the background of the show, and I'll let Riley talk about Fulcrum in a second because he has some thoughts. But <laughs> there is something building, definitely. Yeah. This is not really a. This is not a spoiler as much as it is really amazing investigation done by Jean Marie Macias for making Star Wars. Ah, uh, so I think you have up what I'm actually. I'm actually looking at this on my computer right now. I had it up to talk about, so I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you, Riley. Please yeah, continue. it's one of those things. So, like, I, I guess uh, it, it could be a reveal in the future. So uh, you can skip ahead, like you know, a few minutes, and you should be clear of the discussion. We're, we're but pretty much at the end of the episode. Yeah, we're at the end of the episode, so uh, we're pretty good. Um, all right, in that case, just leave. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> don't leave. I mean, I don't. Yeah, no, wait, don't leave. They need this to is, listen to our rating. This is really no more of a spoiler than us talking about who, um, who Ezra's parents are. Right. Yeah. So, well, and the fact that Ezra is the bad guy in Episode Seven. That. <laughs> <time. laughs> oh. So, no. Please, please continue, Riley. I don't. This is not obviously a spoiler because we know nothing. We're just speculating here. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's some pretty well founded speculation. So, uh, Jenna Marie, um basically. 
I haven't listened to the podcast episode, but on the Making Star Wars podcast, uh, evidently they were kind of talking to it. And the Cumlink uh, conversation between Hera and and this Fulcrum character from last week's episode, not this episode, um, mm-hmm. sounded kind of feminine, but pitched down. And, and I thought to myself, you know, that sounds about right. And then they went on to kind of closely start analyzing those scenes and sequences from that episode. Um, what was the title of the episode again? Uh, uh, out, of darkness. out of Darkness. Out Thank of darkness. you. Out of Darkness. And in fact, like what they're doing, and I can actually, the, the wonderful uh, technology of podcasting, what I'm going to do is play you guys a little bit of audio. And just tell me what you think. This is the normal communication. So we'll take a listen here. This is just what it sounds like uh, normally. So here we go. All right, so could you hear that okay? Uh-huh. Yep, yes. yep. All right, so that's coming through. So let's skip ahead a little bit. See what's happening. This is Bulkrum. Come in. All right, so, well, a little bit more. All right, okay. So, of course, the problem is, is that the pitch of the music goes up. You have to kind of ignore that. But finally, the last thing, let me skip ahead. Here we go. This is All right, who does that sound like? Sounds like a I was certain say Jedi job. who left. Former uh, Jedi. Oh, I was going to... Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Play it again. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hang wait. on. All right, guys, now listen really carefully. Uh, let's play, see. Uh, love, uh, play it again for me. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, to me it Ooh. sounds like the the girl from Star Tours. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just Tom, don't spoil that. We're not supposed to I reveal just, that yet. I hey, just... hey, Rex was from Star Tours was in Rebels. That's, that's right. Know. That's right. Uh, that's her. You, no. No, uh, I'm just uh, I was Riley? kidding on that aspect. Um Yeah, that's Ashley Eckstein. Honest honest theories, guys. What do you think? Cuz I, I have I have the article up here so that I That's to be Ashley Eckstein. Just from the audio load. I'm just going to play this one more time just because it's so good. Here we go. Specifically this part right here. Yeah, the sounds just The thing like... is, I'm not actually sure. I, like, I'm listening, and I'm not here. Like, I hear uh, a female voice. I don't hear uh, Ashley Eckstein. So there I'm is some other stuff. Anything. Riley, I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I guess Making Star Wars posted another article. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's interject for so fair enough. I, I see that you're you Steven, you're not totally convinced. I'm not you're convinced, not... but I, I like I like the idea. <laughs> and I don't blame you. I don't blame you because it is it's kinda of far out there and it is really contorted and so it's like you're literally talking about pitching it back up to try to mimic the voice. So yeah. I present you <clears throat> a case evidence number two. Uh, it, now, on another recent episode, or, or rather post from uh, Making Star Wars, they really they analyzed the crates that were dropped off by Fulcrum to be picked up. And on those crates, in very small, tiny detail, are these kind of white um, tattoo-like markings that match very closely the markings on Ahsoka's forehead. Now, to me, that I- seems like a little uh, of a stretch, but okay. I don't know. I, I, I think we, ha- we don't know what happened to Ahsoka. So I think from a story-wise, 
be fantastic. I would love to see her. I'm, see, like, well, all this is making me is angry because now I'm. A, I feel like I'm like a, in a weird like conspiracy theorist political podcast. Now. <laughs> and then, well, you can. <laughs> so okay. I just throw you guys the link in the chat. I think I, yeah, there it goes. Um, and that way you can take a look for yourself and see see what you think. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of. I don't know if it is. Touche. Really well done. Um, if, if this is true, um, yeah. I, I just want to throw a bit of comedy in here. I thought for a minute there when you were talking about the crates, if you really look closely enough, you're going to see in small print orange harvests that were on the crates of D23 last year that uh. people were trying to figure out. I thought that was going to be there. I didn't expect these little white lines. But they did call out some kind of markings on those crates, which I remember that from the, from yeah. the episode. They did call out the markings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I will say this, and the last kind of, this is not really necessarily evidence, but uh, Making Star was also mentioned that Ashley was at the Spark of Rebellion uh, premiere as well as the Rise of the Old Masters screening. So, mm-hmm. hmm, interesting. Interesting. Yes. We'll see. I guess we'll find yes. out. Exciting, really. Uh, we also got a little bit, another another tease. I mean, the the, the very end of the episode, Siva, Siva uh, kind of, he's finally lucid, and he tells Ezra, that he knows what happened to his parents. To be continued. And then we get the first, the show's first to be continued. I mean, even in the Clone Wars, we never had a to be continued. Mm-hmm. They were always just, hey, no, come back right. next week, right? You know, it's, um, it's oh, interesting to actually, that's Clone right. Wars, there are episodes that at least had definitive middles and ends, I felt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this one was like the first we're... giant cliffhanger we've had. Exactly. Like there, there is no ending here. This is just we ended mid mid scene. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see if that if that ends up being a good thing. I'm really excited for our first like act genuine multi uh, multi what's it called multi episode story arc. Excuse me, that's what I was looking for because those were always some of the best the best episodes in Clone Wars were three or four episodes long. Right, or best stories yeah. in Clone Wars. Were right, yeah. great. Like landing on Point Rain or just some of yep. the Krell arc. Those mm-hmm. were just cool. Oh, exactly. And, and the uh, nice thing is, tomorrow we get to watch it right after the show airs. Yes. So think of it. Think of it that way on the Disney XD app. If you were <laughs> to watch, now wait a minute. If you were to watch this first episode. And then as soon as it says to be continued, if it hits immediately, you can watch them back to back. Yeah. See, William's going to give me crap, though. I only watched Empire Day today. <laughs> you know what? Oh, actually, oh, I was actually I, going, trying really hard not to say really? anything. Really? I didn't no, want to call you out. Uh, no, but okay, I we'll call totally you out. I totally deserve Like, <laughs> I, I have access to Disney XD. I still don't watch it until just before we record. Not oh, for any, God. like, I don't even have a good reason. It's just that, like, I never uh, get around to it. Are you going to watch this episode, though, tomorrow night? Uh, probably because yeah, we got a cliffhanger. That's that calls for a little bit of a that calls for setting the, t- the time aside. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, like, I'll tell you, I'm not a fan of, D- of the Disney XD thing. A, because I don't, we don't have cable, so I have to borrow somebody's login to figure out how to do it, yeah. and it doesn't work when I do. Uh, and, and B, just because it splits the fandom in half of, of yeah. those who do and don't have cable by a week. Now, I understand, like, maybe a little privilege of a few days early access, or maybe, like, for those of us who watched it on StarWars.com instead of cable a day or two after it aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I, it, I would rather just pay pay on, pay it for Amazon uh, or, or you know, iTunes. I would rather have some way to yeah. actually pay for the some episode sort of within the same mm-hmm. time range. Because I, 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 yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no. I mean, I, like for you guys, like we. This is the first week 
we watched uh, Star Wars Rebels um, before it just aired normally. We're always a week behind everybody, and it's like you have to ignore all the discussion for a week, and it's sad. Right, which is actually kind of too bad. I mean, I, I on the one hand, I like being able to watch it early because we can record these in uh, right. early and then release them you know, as soon as the episode uh, finishes airing on TV. But on the other hand, it is kind of sad. You know, I, I watched... Um, what was it? Rise of the Old Masters a couple weeks ago. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this episode. And everybody else was talking about fight or flight. Right. You know, or and half the people were talking about fight or flight. And I'd be like very careful. And you obviously have to be careful with spoilers anywhere online for a few days. Yeah. But yeah. still, you know, people are like, oh, well, the Rise of the Old Masters was really good. And I was like, but I'm sorry, fight or flight was really good. And I was like, but Rise of the Old Masters is so much better. And so you're mm-hmm. right. It does kind of bifurcate the discussion a little bit. Uh, yeah. And and by the time you get to the next week, you know, as even if I love the last episode, I'm not as involved in that discussion because I've already seen the next one and I'm like, oh, this right. one's so great. And so yeah, it's it's a little, still disappointing. I mean, I, I think part of the problem is that they release them both at the exact same time, or you know, one after the other. If they split them up a bit more, like I think as as you were saying, Riley, a couple days before instead of a week, maybe that would make things easier. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I certainly yeah. get I think, one promote Disney XD. Watch yeah, Disney XD. I I think that a couple days would be better. But uh, for for the positive end of things, I mean, for those of us who do podcasts, who write reviews, who uh, do stuff like that, it's handy because True. we see it early, and it doesn't yep. mean rushing to get reviews out there, whether it be a podcast or a written review. And, mm-hmm. and to be fair, I mean, other TV shows certainly handle this by just sending out screeners. Uh, ahead of time um so it's certainly to to people who review stuff so it's certainly not out of the question that you could solve both but i I also don't feel like sending out early screeners to certain people in the community probably is the best solution either (laughs) i'm just saying how how they do it for like the ends of the world who does get to review who does not get to review you know exactly Mm. exactly which kind of sucks and, uh, so and at least one thing, it's more even footing, even though you still have to make sure you have Disney XD and all that. Yeah, and, and, and I, I just have to say one thing about the app. The one thing that I like about it is you don't get the commercials that you normally do on TV because if you're really getting into the show, you get the couple at the beginning, but after you get the couple at the beginning, it just goes. So you see that break and then the story continues. It's not like, oh, what happened? It's like, except for this one, there's a cliffhanger. But you have that if the action's going there's not that big two-minute break. It just a brief, and then boom, it continues on. That's what I'm liking about the Disney XD app, and they're doing mm-hmm. those. Yeah. So with that, should we uh, get into our thoughts of the episode? I'm good. Sounds good. Think so okay, uh, Tom. Oh first. man, me first. No, Stephen, you want to go first? Instead? No, no, I'll go first. No, 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 no. You <laughs> called me out. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Love the episode. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I'm going to give this episode an 8.5, and I'm only giving it an 8.5 because of the to be continued. And, you know, and I'm sure that it's going to go up on the next episode. The hard thing is most of these episodes that we have been reviewing, you it's hard not to give them low numbers because they haven't been that bad. They've been pretty solid episodes. And this one was a solid episode. The cliffhanger at the end was like, whoa. So, yeah, I, that's what I'm going to give it. Uh, 8.5. I said 8.5, right? Yep, 8.5. And what's going on with your Womp Rats? <sighs> you know what? 
I'm going to give him a stay of execution until next week because it's a to be continued. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 8.5 Womp Rats, and right now they're going to sit and watch Disney XD until the next episode comes up. <laughs> or, or I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll take my 8.5 Womp Rats, put them in front of the Disney XD app, and let them watch the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special until the next episode. <laughs> hey, here. there we go. There you go. Hi, uh, Riley. You want to go next? Yes. No, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there, the, the, and this is kind of my first time here talking Rebels, and a lot of these episodes have, uh, have, have the kind of detractor sometimes of, of like that, that I kind of mentioned earlier in, the, in, in, in this episode where you're a little bit too over the top or, or obvious at some points, like the cantina scene, I felt wasn't very well done. But those are like brief moments, uh, I, kind of islands of average in an ocean of awesome. So uh, I really liked the Inquisitor. I really liked his interaction with Agent Callus. Just two amazing villains that, that for me have made the show. Um, so I have to say that those definitely more than count or any of the negatives, so I'm going to give this uh, seven Womp Rats, and they're going to be careening wildly off of the back of an Imperial transport. <laughs> are they going to be hanging off Agent Callus because Callus is there too, or are they just going to be right next to him going, help! Uh, just just annoying him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bethany, you want to go next? Yes. For me... Oh, I really enjoyed this episode, and in part because we got to see more of the characters. You know, we saw a bit more of a backstory to Ezra, finally. He's more than just a street rat in our eyes, and we got to see the Inquisitor. We got to see pretty much at least a little bit of every character, and the story has grabbed me, and that To Be Continued has grabbed me. But I am going to give this episode an 8 uh, out of 10 Womp Rats because of drunk fake drunk king (laughs) depending on how you look at it uh so my poor little womp rats are getting chased around screaming by a tuka cat and hopefully they escape but no promises okay i'll go steven you go next and i'll go i'll take it okay so i think i'm also going to go with an eight uh you guys have covered it pretty well it was just it was an all-around solid episode. We learned a lot about our characters. You know, we got some really interesting story elements. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to rate the story as a whole because, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know how it ends yet. But I thought they did a really good job. Like, they, they did their job. I want to know what happens next, and I will be watching to find out what happens next. So I'll have to give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, I didn't even think about what I need to do with my Womp Rats. That's... Ooh, this is tough. Uh, actually, you know what? Um... I guess I'm gonna make all my Womp Rats. Uh, they were the ones who actually built the Tie Advanced that we saw. <laughs> oh, really? I knew you were gonna go something with it, do something. With I, the I was, I was, I was going between that and making them cyborgs. Womp Rat slave labor. Exactly. It it really is just the best. Well, free Womp Rats, free the Womp. Rats. Yeah, but you know what? Now we know what they're powered by. They're all on hamster wheels. <laughs> tie Advanced fighters. Tie oh, Advanced fighters on hamster. There you go. Exactly. Cool. I guess that leaves uh, me then. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It's actually, I think, it's close to Rise of the Old Masters, but I think the the kind of the surprise there and just the the the, the Inquisitor fight was my favorite. So I'll say this is my second favorite Rebels episode this thus far. We've only had six episodes, seven if you include um, the film, but I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, 
So yeah, I'll, I'll, I just love getting the backstory on in Ezra, uh, finding out a little bit more about the Empire and their plan, getting the um, the seeing how the Empire celebrates Order sixty six, all that sort of stuff. And so uh, I think I'm going to give this episode uh, an eight point five, uh, like Tom, and not not a nine like I gave uh, Rise of the Old Masters, but certainly quite good. And I'm going to stick. Actually, be nice to my Womp Rats this time. I guess we'll all be nice this time. Uh, I'll stick all my Womp Rats uh, in the hole that Sibo uh, was hiding in. See, uh, William, I was hoping you'd go for the obvious choice and 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 attach the Lobot things to the backs of their head. <laughs> I just, thought that's you know what, what Steven did. No, no, no. I was you know talking what, about Riley, doing that. That's a great idea. Okay. I will make all of, uh, make these all into mini Lobots. There we um, go. So there we go. And then they're gonna hide in the in the pit because right. they're hiding from the Empire. And finding Womp Rats is much harder than finding a single Rodian. Finding eight and a half Womp Rats. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the other half. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to try and put one of those that, things that, on the those empire, The Empire, it's just, ugh. They, uh, they tortured one of those Womp Rats a little too much. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so coming up on Ion Cannon, Season 1, Episode 7, Gathering Forces. Uh, the synopsis, Kanan and Ezra try to protect an Imperial deserter by distracting the Empire, Imperial forces, but it results in a confrontation. Now, based on the episode title, Gathering Forces, sounds like we might be getting uh, a little bit more of a rebellion forming. I don't know, mm-hmm. what, what do you what do you guys think? I any, think that any... is the opposite. Thoughts? I yeah. thought it was yeah. gathering Imperial forces together. Oh. Rebellion forces together. It's about time. Yeah. I'm going to kind of take this a different direction because I was uh, editing one of our writers' uh, posts that will be coming out soon about The Force Awakens, so I couldn't Mm. help but think Gathering Forces is some sort of a play Mm. on words. Gathering Mm -hmm. is. The Force is. Mm. Fascinating. Maybe he's trying to gather himself up out of bed. I don't know. (laughs) All I want to do is at some point I want to hear... Imperial troops are entering the base. Imperial troops are entering the That's what so, I want to hear at some point. So, so Bethany, you're saying the Force awakens. The Force hits the snooze button. The Force <laughs> gathers forces. Willie, we need to tumbler that. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Force celebrates Empire Day. The Force pretends to be drunk like Kanan. The colors, man. The force admires the fireworks. (laughs) The force puts on a lobot. Empire Day. (laughs) He did. Empire Day. I think we've lost it. (laughs) I think it's time to say, hey, Riley, Bethany, thanks for joining us. (laughs) I was going to say, before before we close out, did you guys want to more specifically plug anything? Yes, 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 for sure. Uh, absolutely, yeah. No, if you uh, if you want to hear some Star Wars podcasting awesomeness, go to uh, StarWarsReport.com, and uh, that's kind of where you po- can... Star Wars podcasting awesomeness, you mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just gotta. Make uh, sure. In fact, the um the link that I'll I'll send folks to is just StarWarsReport.com/slash/about, and that takes you to our kind of introduction page. If you're interested in the Star Wars Report show that we do, and then they're about. Two dozen other podcasts on our network now, so <laughs> you can see what pick and choose. It's a buffet of Star Wars podcasts there. Well, you days. guys are growing, man. Two dozen podcasts. <laughs> well, not that many. It feels like that sometimes, oh. but no, we've got like four or five now covering all kinds of stuff. So yeah, head over to StarWarsReport.com 
Um, I love how you, out. I love how you hesitate and you're like, oh, four, four or five, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I like. I, 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 I legitimately lost. Count. You, you can tell we are not exactly <laughs> micromanagers over here. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, and definitely follow you guys on on Twitter, uh, the Riley guy, and I think you switched yours right to Bethany to to your your real name. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wait, see if you know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bethany L. Blanton, I believe it is, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Ding, 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 ding. Right. Very nice. I knew. I knew. There you go. Uh, um, just just making sure because I used to be. I can never pronounce the old one. Well, uh, and now some Lord of the Lord of the Rings thing, I I think, right? Yes. Alien win or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it was, a new one's much easier to remember <laughs> or type. Yes, it was at Al and Win and Mint Lady of the Lake in Elvish. So that's both King Arthur really and clever, Lord of the Rings. But it turns out, like in in terms of internet endeavors or having any kind of, of platform or recognizability online, uh, sometimes it's best to just go simple. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I do miss it sometimes, though. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> Well, we appreciate both of you coming on the the show. Great to talk to you. You guys are good friends. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're we'll have to have you back on again. And Star Wars Celebration is coming up. It's and just we will what, meet up at Star Wars Celebration. Five months away. Is that really yep. it? Wow. Yeah. Oh, we need yeah. to find another six hour line to stay in. We do. We do. Uh, I'm sure there'll be one. Great. You mean somebody's going to have to wake me up to get into a line? Jeez. What did it's you think Celebration was? It's all lines. <laughs> really? It, it, that's actually the attraction is going and standing in lines. Well, if that's the case, I'm going across Disneyland because if I want to stand in a line, that's where I'd rather. Just kidding. I'll be at Celebration. Fact, like, before we before we end the in the podcast, I just want to say like because we go way back as far as all the various podcasts we've done, and I was Bethany and I actually were in uh, Northern Atlanta on the Seriously Dan podcast. Dan Carroll, who does a lot of stuff with Dragon Con. Uh-huh. And and you can just Google it and find it. It's a recent episode if you're listening to this. But we we one of the questions for me and Bethany was like, as people who are fans, but also kind of reporters, uh, you know, and, and and content creators in this community, what has been the biggest highlight? And I had you know what jumped immediately to mind was that just crazy night and morning waiting in line to see George Lucas. On stage. Oh, that's right. That was that and was that one. Yeah, that's oh, that, that was... you. You don't forget stuff like that. So you no, guys, you don't. You guys are friends in the force and and forever buddies of ours. So yeah, we we certainly had a blast. Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, those were great memories mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, thank you. Looking forward yet. to it. Making making more memories in uh, in four months. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I do love the memories made that late, though, because I'll, I'll have to say one moment that stuck in my mind was I was quite exhausted, and, and I believe Stephen, you were pretty exhausted at the time. Yeah, I, I definitely was. Yes. So I, I offered you guys granola bars, but they were kind of like the really chocolatey ones, and I handed you one, and you looked at me, and then you look back at it, and you're like, this isn't a granola bar. This is like a candy bar. And I was like, <laughs> Well, and? Okay. No, because I actually remember that because I don't like at the time I didn't eat a lot of granola bars and I was like I don't really like granola bars and I think you handed me a chocolate one I was like this is delicious and exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> like pu- pu- pulling it apart piece by piece and eating it there and I was just like okay <laughs> don't judge me it was uh, delicious <laughs> good memories good memories well, right. thanks again, guys. Thank you yeah, for listening. Thanks, again. thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, we will have you on again soon. Thanks for having us.
And I, I couldn't resist, Stephen. I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2014.